0: Why do the Boston Celtics give up so many offensive rebounds? I looked at every single one of them from this season, and I know the answer. Plus, Marcus Smart is not 100%. And other thoughts that I didn't get to in the last game podcast is all right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown J-team. Step back, we gon' wet that slate teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with Delario B. Corral, above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Prime time, up the truth on the sideline. Rain and J's, how we started, raising banners, how we finished, Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome. Back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a fresh, free podcast wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube as well. I do appreciate you making this podcast your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales. And if you think I sound funny, it's because I have this mask on. I figured if Grant Williams can do a show with a mask on, I can too. And it's Halloween and all that, but I can't do this for half an hour. So I appreciate Grant Williams' commitment to the bit, but I can't do it. Oh, man. But that was a fun mask with the little jaw that moves. I scared a few people on Halloween with that. Let me just take this off here. That was uh, just for the, the folks on YouTube. I do appreciate appreciate you listening. Uh, John Corral's here, former professional basketball player. Now covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. And uh, I wrote a book called "The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. So in the show later on, random thoughts from the uh, game, the win over the Washington Wizards, which I didn't get to in the the podcast uh, immediately after the game. Uh, in the second segment, Marcus Smart's not 100%. And I didn't touch on that yesterday either, but he admitted that he's not 100%. And I think that that's something that's worth uh, talking about a little bit more. But first I want to talk about a piece that I did on Boston sports journal where I looked at the offensive rebounding, the issue that the Celtics are giving up a ton of offensive rebounds and, uh, try to figure out, you know, what the heck's going on here? Why are they giving up so many offensive rebounds? And a lot of people are asking the question, like, okay, what, what, what big do you need to get? Cause they're giving up. So they're just getting crushed on the boards. What big do you need to get? And and after looking at it, I think to myself, well, they they don't need to get another big all they need to do is try a little harder and so let's just start with that first of all today's show is brought to you by bet online it's your number one source for all of your betting needs go to betonline.net check it out bet online has more props odds and lines than ever before it is where the game starts today's show also brought to you by linkedin LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you need and want to talk to post your job free at linkedin.com slash lockdown NBA. So, okay. Offensive rebounding. What's the issue here? What's the problem? And frankly, the problem is all they do is turn and look. That's the number one issue that as I look, I looked at every single offensive rebound that they gave up this season so far, all every single one. And I can tell you that it's not just bigs that are overpowering. It's not that these guys are boxing out and giving up a ton of uh offensive rebounds just just because oh the Celtics are small and these guys are big and we're not we're not able to to keep these guys off the glass. That's not the issue at all actually. In fact, if you think about the offensive rebounds that the Celtics have given up recently, the, the biggest offensive rebounds were from guards, that specifically Karis LeVert. But there are, there are and examples that I've used. Uh, if you look on my... I use a bunch of video on the uh, Boston Sports Journal. They had... Okay, Rui Hachimura is a forward. Cole Anthony had a big one. Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, uh, Karis LeVert. Those guys are just getting lost, and they're all wing guys this isn't a problem with bigs this is a problem with wings this is a problem with the celtics turning and looking and not doing the the little things that they need to do so one of the things that i think is super important about uh nba rebounding is just just the check it's almost like a uh if you're switching lanes on a highway you know, you 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 look in the mirror or you feel like, okay, nobody's coming, but you just give that little that little glance. All right, that little okay, nobody's there, I can go. That little glance is something that could have saved the Cavaliers game. Because if you're Malcolm Brogdon and you give that little glance and you say, Oh crap, Daris Levert is coming, I get to go in there and 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 like put a body on him. That little glance is something that when you are able to recognize that a guy is, is crashing, you can go put a body on him. You can stop this from happening. So I think it's, it's one of those little tiny, minute, minute, minute nuance things that when I look at these guys, just losing players in this wizards game, Al Horford turning his head and it's everybody it's literally it's everybody. Al Horford ball watching thinking Rui Hachimura is out of the play and then here comes Hachimura right down the middle offensive rebound. It's Malcolm Brogdon not paying attention to Karis LeVert. And as I mentioned in yesterday's podcast, not men- not paying attention to Karis LeVert when LeVert was the guy who who crashed before and got an offensive rebound. Those little things from the guards, from the perimeter, those guys can help the Celtics cut down on these offensive rebounds that they're giving up. Here, here are some numbers mm-hmm. that I thought uh, were important. The Celtics have the fifth worst rebounding percentage overall. They have the, um, they, they're allowing 10.8, Offensive rebounds per game. That's right in the middle of the pack. Uh, But they're only boxing out five times per game, according to NBA tracking data, which I know can be iffy. But five box no matter what, five box outs, even if they miss a couple, even if you miss two, even if you miss three, that's still not a lot of box outs. And I can tell you, honestly, from watching the video, and again, Every single offensive rebound. I didn't see a lot of boxing out. I didn't. I, I think five might be high for box outs. the The Celtics' offensive rebounding issues are part of their defense issues. The Celtics are three or four rebounds per game away from being okay. You clear away three or four rebounds. Think about that Cavs game where you had, what was it, a five-point lead with a couple minutes to go, and you give up those two offensive rebounds. That right there, you cut three, four offensive rebounds out, you go from middle of the pack to the best. The number one team in the NBA is giving up, still giving up 7.3 offensive rebounds, 7.3 per game. That's the Raptors. And they're going to happen. Offensive rebounds are going to happen. Uh, there are situations here that the numbers, and, and I will admit, the numbers are a little inflated. Vucevic had uh, 10 offensive rebounds against the Celtics that in that Chicago game. He got three of them on one possession, two of them on another, two of them on a that seven offensive rebounds because he was tipping back his own miss. So you make one mistake and sometimes it's a big that misses and gets his rebound back and misses and gets his rebound back and it's just a couple of tips and the numbers look worse than they are. Also, the Celtics have had a few blocked shots that go into the uh, the opponent's hands. Those count as offensive rebounds. So there are a few offensive rebounds on the books that are just Celtics made a good defensive play but the block shot Happen to just fall into the, the the opponent's hands. That what are you going to do? You can't control that. Even some of the slap downs. Uh, Derek White had one in this in this last game. Slap down on I think it was Kyle Kuzma. Slap down the ball like he lets go of the ball. That counts as a blocked shot, which means when Kuzma catches that ball back, that's an offensive rebound. So some of those offensive rebounds, the numbers can be a little tricky, but the The overarching message is that when the guys on the perimeter see a shot go up, they're not putting in enough effort to box out or at least check to see if anybody's coming. Just check. Turn your head. Anybody coming? No. Anybody coming? No. Just a quick glance. If somebody's coming, step in front of them. Simple stuff. There are other schematic things. The Celtics on the pick and roll are giving up offensive rebounds to the rolling big. That's a problem. They have to fix that. But these are all fixable things. So the Celtics offense looks great. The Celtics defense can be up and down. But when the Celtics defense actually gets a stop and they give up offensive rebounds, that's tough. That's demoralizing. If they can clean that up, I really do believe that they can clean this up effectively, just with a little effort, a little recognition, understanding who did I just leave? Why are there two guys here? If there are two guys here, somebody's free. Understanding who's on the floor saying, okay, we, we left. I left this guy. Where did he go? Understanding all that stuff and just putting in just a tiny bit more effort. They can clean up this offensive rebounding stuff. They can clean it up actually very, very easily. So that is all to say. First of all, please go to Boston and and see the whole full thing and, and look at the video examples that I, I put forth and uh check that out because I think the Celtics defense hinges a lot on them closing out the, the end of these these possessions. And if they can do that, this defense, their their defensive rating will go up. They'll be a much better defensive team. And that'll get them ready for Rob to come back. And and things will be a little bit more, uh, things will stabilize a little bit more. So that's the offensive rebounding. Up next, Marcus Smart admits he's not 100%. We'll talk about that. First, LinkedIn jobs. I grew up in a small business. I know how hard it is to find the right people. And really, all you need to find the right people is to find the right pool of the right candidates. So to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. It helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Very simple, a few clicks. You can create your free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then you add your purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. That spreads the word that you're hiring. Now, once you get access to that pool of people, Just like a basketball team, you can start evaluating and cutting away the ones that don't exactly fit your needs. You've got simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash on That's LinkedIn.com slash on NBA. Host your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Why not make your second listen? The Locked On Sports Today podcast. Locked On Sports Today is the games that matter from the uh, biggest stories across all of sports. So go beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes, local experts like only Locked On can provide. Lockdown sports today, wherever you got there, so however you're listening to or watching the show, Lockdown sports today exists there. Hey, surprise, Halloween surprise. Ah, it's Tom Westerholm,
1: ah, scary. Yeah, nice wearing, my, wearing my Jeffrey Dahmer glasses, trying to scare all you
0: people. Huh? <laughs> oh man, I like it, I like it. Uh, okay, I was gonna make a joke, but I want to keep my job. So let's just move on to another scary thing, an actual scary thing. Marcus Smart is not 100%. Yeah. What a transition. That is a scary thing. Uh so I feel like you don't have to be paying that close of attention to see that Marcus Smart is is wincing on the floor. And then I was I'm on the floor yesterday pregame and just watching him warm up and I can see him rubbing the inside like like part of his thigh, kind of where like that oblique meets the, the hip in that area. And, and I could just see him wincing and I'm just like, this, this is not good. It's not good. That's why I asked him after the game, how are you feeling physically? And he, he smiled. Cause he was like, ah, okay. Everybody sees it. This is, this is something that I, I'm not sure how the Celtics should handle this because on the one hand he, I mean, he, I thought he had a really good game minus, minus, uh, you know, some of the shooting, but I thought he had a really good game against Washington those two mm-hmm. highlight steals were amazing, and I thought he just was good all around. But he also had a, a couple of really bad games. He, he was not great against the Cavs. Actually, he was pretty bad against the Cavs. And he was not great against the Bulls. There, in, in, in my offensive rebounding thing, Marcus Smart is a culprit, you yeah. know, a bunch of times, for sure. And I I don't want to give him the exact out, To say, oh, he's only doing this because he's hurt. No, I mean the shooting has no way, no impact there. But if 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 the question, Tom, is if he's hurt and he's not able to give you everything, is it just better to say, okay, we're, we're let's just give him the a couple of weeks to see if that can help him out? Is it a is it a thing like that or? do you just roll with it and just hope that he can just deal with the pain? Cause Marcus smart is a maniac like that.
1: I mean, I I always like tend to err on the side of caution, especially early in the season like this, like, like there's, let's say the Celtics held Marcus smart out and they had Martin, they had smart and Rob Williams out for, you know, for a week and they went or a week and a half or whatever. And they went 500 over that stretch. like, if, if you do that, you're still over 500 and you still have the entire season stretching out ahead of you. Like getting guys right right now is, has to, in my opinion, be the priority. I a hundred percent could see the utility in, in holding him out, especially at that position. Like how many times have we said it that the Celtics are, are loaded at that guard position? You have yeah. Derek White, you have Malcolm Brogdon. You have Peyton Pritchard just rotting away on the bench who can be your backup. Exactly. Like exactly. There's all of these guys who can, who can fill in that gap. And, and honestly, the thing about Marcus smart is that like what, when he, what he gives you is so valuable that you kind of need, but you kind of need all of it. You know, you, you need yeah. that entire um, just burst of, of defense that he gives you. And if he doesn't have that, he's still a good player. Like you said, he was, you know, he had a, a lot of, he did a lot of good stuff. He still got all of his instincts. He's still got all of his, you know, tenacity, his grit, whatever you want to, whatever you want to point out. But at the same time, yeah, like y- y- you need, you need like the entirety of the Marcus Smart experience um, I think to, to, to really, to really reap all the benefits. So I, 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 I would certainly be in favor of just getting him right because you know, this Celtics team, like the, you know, there, there's guys on this team who are kind of injury prone. Get everybody healthy if you can.
0: I think there's there there are multiple reasons to give Smart some time off, and there's there's evidence that the double big lineup is actually okay They're early. It's it, and it's it's not a ton of evidence, and I don't have a ton of the, I don't have a ton of numbers on it, but from what I see you can go double big Mm -hmm. and I think Cornette and I'm always careful to say I'm not dying on the Luke Cornette Hill but at the same time I keep talking about him so it's hard for me to deny that I'm dying on the Luke Cornette Hill (laughs) but but I think over the past couple of games we've seen Cornette get in we've seen him do well and I think there's some justification for him getting in and getting the start with Horford. You start Brogdon, and you can you can do Brogdon, Jalen Jason, and the two bigs and bring Derek White off the bench and go that route. You you have Noah Vonley who's been okay, up and down, but can fill a role for sure and you and you hit on it you have Peyton Pritchard who's just dying to get some time let's let's put Pritchard in there for two three weeks and get him get him some run second units 15 minutes a game here and there I think I think the Celtics even with Robert Williams out the Celtics can survive and actually do okay yeah with smart out I think that now If you're going to do it, do it now. And this is the tough call. And, and like I say, smart's coming off a decent game. So you can say, well, he doesn't need to be out, but you need him to be hundred percent later in the season. Do this now, get him right. And just rely on the depth at a position that you have a ton of depth in and, and Later on, I think you you'll reap the benefits from this. I I, uh, and I'm a Marcus Smart guy. I believe in him. I think now's the time to 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 give him some rest. That that slip and fall for people who didn't hear him say it. The slip and fall in Montreal against the Raptors aggravated something, which pisses me off just in general. Just from a just general player health uh, perspective, but if that's the case, if something's been aggravated rest it get right and then come back and be
1: yourself there's this really weird kind of of line that like guys have to walk when they're professional athletes and certainly guys who are as tough as marcus smart have to walk right where they they want to be out there and they feel like they can be out there and they can be but it's just like like but wouldn't it just be better like you could be out there more if you just kind of took that time now, or you just kind of took like a game or two now, whatever it is. Like, I mean, maybe it doesn't even have to be a couple weeks, you know, maybe it's just something where it's it's a couple games. Maybe he just needs, you know, like a, a little stretch, whatever it is. I, I, I don't know. I just think like that line is so hard to walk at this current stage, but it feels like it would be much smarter to walk that line at this current stage, as opposed to being forced to take a, a break for longer because you aggravated something. Because like you said, I mean, that was he said he aggravated something serious, right? Like it wasn't just like, you know, it was like, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's got to be a difficult thing for somebody like smart who, who wants to play and who cares very much to do. But at the same time, like you, what you really want to do is play the playoffs and, and play down the stretch. Yeah, run. So I don't know, maybe do that instead. <laughs>
0: I it, It's, it's a, it's a wild kind of scenario for him because he, that, First of all, that injury is in a tough place. And that I think is part of the calculus here, because it's an oblique/slash hip. That that area of the body I mean, so much emanates from that. Yeah. That that's your core. And so it's not like you're saying, okay, Tatum, Tatum's left wrist is a thing again, right? He he fell on it. It's a but okay, it's his left wrist. You say, uh, oh, you know, it's it's not great, but he can deal with it and and fine. It's his offhand, fine. Guys are going to be dealing with things all year long, but that is so central to who he is. Those little dives, those everything comes from that area. An oblique to a basketball player, everything in basketball is twisting. Everything is turning. Everything. I mean, th- that's. I guess that's true of basically all sports, but it's just so important. I, I don't want I don't want to be having this conversation in April where smart is clearly not hundred percent and we say, "Jeez, we should have we should have like they should have really sat him down a few months ago because now he's really dragging and and he
1: he doesn't look like himself. I just don't want to be in that situation. And, I mean, you know, it's it's tough, right? Because, I mean, like, you know, last game, Brogdon was, you know, kind of, like, trying to warm up. He, he was dealing with some some back issues. More back, yeah. Yeah, ended up playing anyway. Um, you know, like, it, it, these things can be tough. Like, Brogdon said his his back felt better because he played. Like, you know, there's sure. different different things, certainly, but, like, you know, it's like, obviously injuries are complicated, but again, I think at this stage in the season, it does make more sense just to just yeah. give the guy some, give the guy some time off. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to, certainly not going to, you know, kill your seating at this point. You're fine.
0: As, as a person who has dealt with injuries much, much of his playing career, I can tell you that, you know, I, I remember walking, quote unquote, walking into games and looking at that point I was like early 20s and walking worse than I walk now but you put those pads on the warm up the the those heating pads on and you get out into warm ups and you get into the game and it was almost like okay now that I'm playing I feel fine I don't I don't even want to come out of the game right because coming out of the game cools me off just just let me keep playing because the more I keep playing, the, the looser I feel. And, and, But at the same time, it'd be nice to just not have that feeling in the first place, which is what I want for Marcus Smart. All right, right, gonna. I don't want to belabor the point. Marcus Smart, not 100%. I'd like to get him to 100%. All right, let's, let's take a second here. When I come back, we'll talk about uh, – I have a list of a few things that I like, didn't like from the game. Tom, I'll put some pressure on you. If there are any lists, anything that you had from the game, we'll talk about that in just a second. All right, we did the post-game podcast last night. Uh, I was uh, stuck in the bowels of the TD garden. I have escaped. Uh, I had to run a gauntlet through the garden, past uh, a Cerebus and and, and other mythical creatures for Halloween.
1: A scary Uh, clown that was was creeping up on you in, in the
0: middle of the pod? Came alive and chased me with a knife out of the building. Uh, for you know, as far as people know. All right, let's get to some things that I liked from the game that we liked from the game that uh, or or just random random things that we didn't get to in that podcast. Uh, I'll start Tatum as a screener, love it, and I will say, I, and, and I'll have to dive into this as by me one of the pieces that come up. Soon for me on Boston Sports Journal, but Joe Missoula's offense is a good offense. Now every offense is a good offense right now. ESPN has a story on on their front page, 115 points a game. Everybody's offense is going crazy. That's I think what the NBA has wanted with all of these rules and taking away the take foul. Which yes, thank you, but teams are are just scoring a ton of points. The Celtics are. Very much at you know near the top of that list. But I think Joe Mazzula's offense is a really good one. It's creative, uses a lot more guards and wings as screeners, and Tatum as a screener is I think in the same kind of category as Giannis and as a screener. What the hell do you do defensively? Who do you go with? Are you going to leave? the ball handler, because Tatum rolling to the rim is so scary. Yeah, of course he's scary. Yeah, you got to account for him. But he's running pick and rolls with Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus Smart. And, yeah, you got to do a little bit more with Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown as the ball handler and pick and roll. Jalen Brown, who is really, really good in the mid-range and whose passing is is has gotten so much better, with a Tatum that's rolling, I mean... How do you defend that with spacing? You put Grant out there, you have Hauser out there, you have Horford out there, you have guys who can hit shots. That I want to see much more of
1: Tatum as a screener. Yeah, it was actually and and it was one of the they ran a lot of that last year. Shout out to Half City Hoops, if if people uh, or half court hoops, I think, sorry. Um that the guy on YouTube, he does he does really good uh breakdowns, but he had um just kind of like the the Celtics. Um, offensive breakdowns from last year, they ran a lot of like that one, four pick and roll um, with Tatum. But I think the other thing too, is like, uh, so, so yeah, like you're, you're scared of him rolling. You're so scared of him. I mean, like the Celtics want, are begging you to switch, right? Like that's, that's, I mean, like what they really want. And I think the other thing, you know, Tatum running so many of these screens and doing so much of this stuff really shows a lot of buy-in too, because he's also cutting more. And I, I mean, I think of you every time that dude cuts, whether or not he gets the ball. I, I know on. you do. I know you I do. I love that.
0: <laughs> now, I, so many people say that. Every time somebody cuts, I think of Corrales. That makes me so damn happy because it's such a fundamental
1: part of the game. And It's so easy to score that way.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love it. All right, and
1: well, and it's and it's not just easy to score. It also like again, it just opens things up for other guys because like it, yeah, either Tatum gets an easy bucket. Or he doesn't get the ball at all, but the defense notices the reason he doesn't get the ball is because the defense notices him, right? Like, and then he's
0: oh, oh. tom Westerholm frozen. We lost him. We lost him. All right, I'm gonna take him off here for a second. But yeah, I think Tatum as a screener, and, and to Tom's point, uh, I think is that when Tatum rolls or pops. You you just can't help but go with him because he's Jason freaking Tatum. And so I, I think the Celtics, I want to see so much more of that. But how many times I just celebrated, did a mini victory lap there about how I want Tatum to be uh, you know, how how I like the cuts, but I also want to do a little victory lap about Jalen and Jason playing off of each other, and so I want Tatum to be the screener in those situations and and Jalen to be the screen. I so desperately want more Tatum and Brown pick and rolls. So we haven't seen a lot of it. We've seen a couple of them, I think this season and, or in the preseason, especially, but anyway, that's that next up. Do you have anything that you, uh, we didn't get to that you liked?
1: Oh yeah, I can do a few of them. So one of the things we talked a lot about Malcolm Procton, um, but I I thought most specifically, the fact that he was knocking down threes is so big. Like, mm. that's just, I, I mean, you know, he made, uh, I believe it was, yeah, he was three of five. Um, eight for eight from the free throw line, which is quite the line. But, um, yeah, three for five from three. If Brogdon is making threes, it's just, it, it's such a problem for for opponents. And, yeah. I mean, we'll see how consistent that is. You know, we've talked about, I mean, his his career has been bizarre in, like, the, the way that his – Three-point percentages have fluctuated up and down, uh, but made a few of them last night, looked looked comfortable shooting them. I mean, if he's making threes, the Celtics' offense just is going to skyrocket. So that was a big one for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of his form. It's weird. It's weird, yeah. It's way out front. It It's very uh, – I'll call it not fluid. It's yeah. not a fluid jumper. So – it's the type of jumper that I think is prone to streakiness yep uh, but hey look if if it goes in it goes in and a lot of times when you've got a, a little bit of a janky jumper, then confidence becomes a huge thing yeah and um, having him giving him that confidence is, is is big now on the on the other side of Brogdon, I, I don't like how many lapses he's having, uh, you know, the like the, the, the Karis Lavert stuff, but that's not the only, those aren't the only lapses he's had. So uh, he was, he was objectively bad in the Chicago game. Yes. Um, so I don't like that, but I, I, I'm willing to give him time to adjust to being a bench player. So um, I think, I think, some of the things that he used to be able to get away with as a starter become magnified as a bench player because you're not on the floor quite as much. And so when you're on the floor less, the things you do are all magnified. That's good and bad. So so the, the lapses are magnified, but also the scoring, the, the shooting. Right. <laughs> a 23-point game off the bench, it means a whole lot more than a 23-point game as a starter because it's just hard to come in cold. So, yeah, I think, I think Brogdon – I think Brockton's going to be good off the bench just throughout the course of the season, and he he can get to the rim. He can get past guys, and all of this stuff, the confidence that they have in him, everything everything points to just a comfortable type of season for him. I just don't think he's quite comfortable yet just from what I see and just from what he's been saying.
1: Yeah, and from what his teammates have been saying too because Smart yesterday even mentioned – that he's not sure how much experience Brogdon has had in, like, switch-happy defenses. Yeah. Um, so, no, he I has mean, said that. He has – I'm sorry to
0: interrupt, but he has yeah. said multiple times, I've never been in a right, scheme exactly. that switches this much.
1: Exactly. So I think he's aware of it. His teammates are aware of it. Um, it's definitely something that is going to take some time to get used to. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, in, in Like, I think lots of stuff is going to get magnified with him.
0: All right, I got two quick things. Let's rapid fire our way through this. Let's get Luke Cornett needs to shoot more. I think Brian Scalabrini had a great point that when, when Luke Cornett gets the ball in the post, he needs to turn and shoot so defenses think he's going to turn and shoot. This way, they don't hug up on t- Jason and Jalen on the perimeter because if they think, oh, when he catches it there, he's just going to try to kick out, no one's going to help down on what is essentially a paint touch so
1: Luke Cornette needs to shoot in those situations that was literally going to be one of mine so we can yeah Yeah. lightning round it we're we're all right all right
0: the Luke Cornette fake uh contest from 20 feet away funny hilarious they suck I think they're terrible um and there's one of the things that I highlight on Boston Sports Journal in my my uh offensive rebounding thing there's one play where um, it was against Cleveland and it was Jared Allen. He's on Jared Allen and the ball kicks through the corner and he does that big contest from the from the paint. And Jared Allen just goes, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. I'm going to step around you. And, okay, that's great that you forced the miss, but I'm just going to tip this ball out and we're going to keep the possession alive. Right. And he Cornette did it again and the shot went up, just took a weird bounce up over the, the backboard. Jared Allen did the exact same thing. He's like, "Okay, I'm just gonna step around you again. I'm gonna be an offensive rebounding position." I I get the concept, but I hate it, and I think it puts him out of position to rebound. And if he keeps doing it, one of these times somebody's gonna catch that rebound and put it back. Uh, it's gonna be a, a dunk putback. It's gonna be highlighted on, uh, on NBC Sports Boston, and it's gonna end.
1: I, uh, I I hadn't thought of that. I like that point, and uh, I have no further comment on that. All right, <laughs> last one goes to you. Oh, I don't have that. Luke Cornett and Brogdon were my only ones. Let's see. Oh, okay. Um, right. No way, no. I let, let me let me audible. Let me audible. Audible. Um, I think uh, Omaha. Okay, my, Omaha. My, Omaha. My hottest. Uh, my hottest Celtics take is that I think um, there's a non-zero chance. I don't even know if this is a hot take. Um, I guess I could spice it up a little bit. I could see Grant <laughs> Williams starting. By how because it was my my take was going to be I could see Grant Williams Ooh. starting by next year. For
0: um, oh, by next year, yeah, that's
1: easy. Yeah, yeah, I know by next year. But like to spice it up a little bit, like you know, it could have been like Horford or something oh. when Rob when Rob comes back. Um, but I, I kind of don't think that's going to be this year. But I do. uh He's a good player, man. That's all. He's a good player. <laughs> yep. Um, no, no,
0: that's actually not that not that bad because um, I I I like the idea of Horford sticking around yeah Uh, and and I think he's I still think he's good um I still think that I mean I think he's very obviously a a little slower than he was last year I think he's uh, I I, I'm glad that they're not playing him they didn't play him on that back-to-back I think uh limiting his minutes is is something that is a good thing and I think Moving him to the bench at least next season, keeping him around. I mean, what on a mid level deal you traded for him, so you have his bird rights, so you can pay him whatever you want. You can overpay him on a mid level deal at $10 million and say, That's you know, look, you're not, I don't think anybody's going to pay him more than 10 right in the open market. So you can say, Here, look, you know, here you go, here's 10. And uh keep him around, and he's gonna come off the bench, and he can close. he can start. he can still be, you know whatever he whatever he want, but actually, the whole point of this is him
1: coming off the bench, so he can't start. but the point <laughs> is he can close and he, he can he can he can start when uh, Grant gets ejected uh, gets uh, suspended that's again. right that's yeah. right. that's right. He can start second halves. Yeah, or yeah. He can, oh yeah. he can spot start, but um, yeah, no, i'm
0: I'm all in on that, and i I, I would not be surprised. If at some point during the season, they say, hey, look, we're going to make this switch and just for the playoffs, we'll go back to the other way. But for now, let's just do this to preserve your minutes. So.
1: Not, Yeah. And I think the idea of bringing him back next year, too, it's just this incredible luxury that the Celtics have whenever they face the other great team in the Eastern Conference. Like, yeah. To, to have those two guys, I mean, I was, you know, it was, I tweeted about this, but I was watching the Nets play them the other night. And obviously the Nets aren't that good. But, like, just, I mean, Ben Simmons is a, is a legitimately really good defender and just hopeless against Giannis when Giannis decides to get going. I, I think Celtics fans are a little bit spoiled after watching uh, Horford and Grant defend Giannis. Like, yeah. it's not normal to have two guys who could do what they do to Giannis. That's that's abnormal. So, yeah, keeping him yeah, around
0: no. would be big. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Against Embiid, against Giannis. Against Embiid, too, yes. Embiid, like, just, he's a guy who knows how to play. You can play him 40 minutes against Embiid and then give him a week off. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> that's fine. Fine with me. Embiid will just lose his mind, but that's um uh, All right, hey, look, surprise podcast appearance from Tom hey. Westerholm. Um, we'll call it a surprise appearance. Yeah, no, I think that, I think I like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, thanks for hopping on for two thirds of the lockdown Celtics podcast.
1: Yeah, man. Appreciate you.
0: And thank you for listening to the whole lockdown Celtics podcast. I hope this has been an enjoyable podcast for you. Um, surprise guest and mask shenanigans at the top of the show. Notwithstanding. I hope this has been a fun basketball podcast for you. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast tomorrow. Be back again. Celtics are traveling on Tuesday. So. Maybe tomorrow will be a mailbag podcast. A lot of questions coming in at com slash mailbag. And uh, we'll rip through some questions for you before we get to the Cavs game. I will not do a crossover podcast with the Cavs. I know Quopt in, in the comments has mentioned that the Celtics are 0-2 now after a crossover podcast previewing a game. So I'll, I'll see if we can break that curse. and <laughs> No preview podcast with the crossover tomorrow so uh just subscribe wherever you get your podcast uh and especially on youtube as well would love to have you on watching the show and i would love to have you sharing the show make sure you tell all your friends that they should be listening to and watching the lockdown celtics podcast here on the lockdown podcast network your team every day